0: Hello welcome to the Malevolent Few podcast. Uh, This is going to be a podcast about things like cryptids, ghosts, or anything paranormal and spooky in general. Uh, My name is Cortland Mitchell, I'm your host, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. Hi, my name is Hunter Burden, I was roped into this because
1: I'm
2: Cortland's roommate. (laughs) And I am Jake Steed, and I also got roped into this because
0: I am also Cortland's roommate. (laughs) Thanks (laughs) <laughs> Thanks gosh guys. <laughs> he was, uh,
1: the original plan was for two of your home friends and then they bailed.
0: Yes, yeah. Two of my friends were back home and they, they, they kind of bailed on me, so. But it's it's interesting. I think I,
1: I talked about it with them. I'm, these two are pretty big believers, but I'm, like, not the, the biggest believer of, like, cryptid stuff and paranormal shit, so it's a good dynamic.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm the biggest believer. Like, I I believe in, like, Ghosts and shit, but like, pretty much anything else, pretty, not really all that much.
0: I, however, am a huge believer in anything weird, so... We run the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty pretty much. Um, what we're going to be talking about on today's episode, in our first episode of The Malevolent Few, uh, we're going to cover, I'm not going to say it's a cryptid, I'm going to say an entity, I guess. Uh, we're going to talk about Wendigos. Um, Wendigos are kind of lumped in with other things like um, crawlers, skim walkers, uh anything of that sort of nature. But we're going to focus on Wendigos try to separate what's specific to them from the other things that have been lumped in with them through the popularization of media and um, just general storytelling and exaggeration. <clears throat> I want to talk about like Kind of what kind of background we all have as far as knowledge about Wendigos go. Um, because I don't know where we stand before all the research that was done for this episode. Uh, personally, I grew up in the Appalachian Mountain regions. Um, and while it's not really known to be a Wendigo area, there were always stories and stuff going around. Um, of course there's all kinds of stories about spooky things that go bump in the night when you're out camping in the woods so uh... hunter what what kind of knowledge do you have on them? Uh,
1: so you know I grew up in kind of more rural Ohio and the wendigos were not really a thing uh, my exposure to them is from two things which I think is the big one for everyone which is uh... until dawn because wendigos are like the main antagonist of until dawn play a really big part in that That I think is like most people uh, Major exposure to kind of wendigos and tales about wendigos. And then also, believe it or not,
0: there's an episode of My Little Pony about wendigos. I've heard. I've heard that. I actually saw a clip while I was doing my research yeah. for this episode. It's, they're not like
1: tra- the traditional <laughs> wendigos at all. They're like a lot different. They don't eat flesh, which isn't <laughs> surprising given it's My Little Pony. But yeah, that episode is also like... I think was probably technically my first, and that made me, I think, read a little bit about Wendigos, but that was like when I was in middle school.
0: You Do you mean to say that every little schoolgirl shouldn't be exposed to cannibalism through a park I mean, look, <laughs> we all come from different walks of life. <laughs> Jake, what kind of background do you have on them, man? Uh, n-
2: not a whole lot. Um, basically, grew up not too far away from where Hunter was, so not really any tales of Wendigo going around. And uh, just like, Pretty much everyone until dawn. Um, but also I would say, uh, the TV show supernatural, which I am currently binging, uh, uh, show that Cortland and his girlfriend, uh, got me hooked on.
0: If you didn't bring up supernatural, <laughs> I was going to was like, show. and I
1: occasionally come up into the living room and we'll watch an episode or two with, and then go back downstairs to my cave.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you brought it up. I was
1: planning on doing yeah. it. If you did, I gonna so. say we I would say we grew up in like about central West Ohio. Yep.
0: And, um, Specifically from Kentucky, so yeah. east moved to west, yeah, yeah. But um, so as you can see, we all kind of have a different background and knowledge basis on Windy Um But luckily, lots of research has been done by lots. I mean, not that much, but some research has been done. <laughs> some and
1: look, re- <laughs> it's a test episode, like you said,
0: test episode. That's right. It's just the first introductory episode. See how this is going to play out. But we did do research. So, um, I guess I'll start by just doing the basic kind of background about Wendigos. So, Wendigos are specific to Canada and, like, the Great Lakes region. Um, that's kind of where they're known to be, specifically because they mostly come from Algonquin legends. Yeah, and so that's where they were settled at. said so the Great
1: Lakes region would be kind of like, technically I guess like we could kind of count as a Great Lakes region in Ohio, but more specifically I assume they they mean like Michigan, Minnesota, yeah. Wisconsin, that kind of
0: part of yeah, the which, U.S. Which you can actually find maps of like encounters with windigos, and there's a little bit of Ohio shaded in there just up north. But yeah, like you said, mostly it's like Michigan, Minnesota, places like that. Um yeah, so as I said, they come from Algonquin legend, um, and basically what it started out as was kind of, I, I don't want to assume things, because I'm trying to be as respectful to the culture as I can be. From what I could tell through my research and stuff, it started out as kind of a cautionary tale, um, specifically about like isolationism and stuff like that in the winter. When resources were scarce, and you had to all pull together as a tribe, work together to help everyone as
1: part of the tribe. I would say, isn't the, uh, this might be in your notes and get to it, isn't like, at least one of the Wendigo tales is it's like, the first Wendigo was like a guy who, like, it was like a cannibal, someone like cannibalized their family during like a winter, and that like cursed them, and they became a, you know, like a flesh-eating kind of like monster monster.
0: Yeah, the uh, the way the tale started out was it was a hunter who had um, kind of isolated him and his family away from the rest of the tribe, and basically food got scarce, and um, push came to push came to shove. He was hungry, and he ate his family, and through that action became the Wendigo. Which is actually, I'm glad you brought that up. It's a really nice segue into the next part, which is Wendigos are known as Basically like they are the embodiment of cannibalism <laughs> I guess <laughs> is the best way to say it. <laughs> um, specifically what I have here is Wendigo roughly translates to the evil spirit that devours mankind. So yeah. Cannibalism. It's, it's, I think that's also
1: the Until Dawn because I haven't played Until Dawn. I've watched a lot of it. I think that's how they become Wendigos is like because for anybody who hasn't played Until Dawn, like, it's, you know, story game, you play a bunch of different characters, and, like, two of the characters die and come back as the wind goes, and I believe it's, like, they fall off, they're twin sisters who fall off the cliff, and one actually survives, I think, and I believe she eats her. Yeah, that to survive. Yeah, You're... and so it, like, plays into that part of,
0: like, the story, too. That's exactly right. I have played Until Dawn. Great game, and that's, yeah, that's it, basically It's just a lot said. of fun. I've, I've enjoyed watching, <clears throat> like, watching playing it. It is
1: one of those games that it's, like, when you watch it, you don't really need to play it. I mean, there's like, different paths, so there is I guess, still replay value. But yeah.
0: For our future listeners, if you like things like uh, Detroit Become Human or uh, Life is Strange, stuff like that, check out Until Dawn. It's definitely more of a scary vibe to it, but really good game. Um, but we were talking about the cannibalism aspect. And that brings me to basically the, the background of how one becomes a Wendigo, which obviously we've just talked about, uh, is you... If you commit the act of cannibalism, um, then you become a Wendigo. And it's sort of seen as like a punishment that you have to have that hunger for human flesh and you're never satisfied. You're never... Like, the the cravings, the hunger never ends. Which kind of lends a bit as to how The Wendigo is actually commonly described, um, which is a big problem when you're looking at Wendigos in media and stuff, because now, through Hollywood movies, stuff like that, we kind of have this idea of a Wendigo from some sources as being this thing with like big deer head antlers, which is just not the accurate description of a Wendigo. Honestly, it's kind of closer to what Supernatural shows it. Or Until Dawn, Until honestly. Dawn it, cause I, yeah, I haven't seen the accurate.
1: Supernatural episode, but I, the, you see them a lot in Until Dawn, so I've seen what the Until Dawn Wendigo yeah. look like. Honestly,
2: it's been so long since I saw the Supernatural episode of the Wendigo that I kind of forget what that looks like in Supernatural. It,
1: in, in Until Dawn, they're like, they're like bald and they got oh, yeah, I like the sunken eyes yeah. and they're like super like yeah. gangly with like the super long claws which, and which shit. Which is a
0: pretty good description. Yeah. Um, sticks pretty true to how the legend is. Um, I know I'd read I haven't watched the movie So don't take this too seriously Take it with a grain of salt Um, But I guess there's a movie called Antlers And it has like the deer head version of Wendigos I've heard the name And so I specifically wanted to talk about How that is an inaccurate depiction of Wendigos That we have kind of That has come about because of like Hollywood And just popular media Um, Yeah but talking about the description, like you said, about Until Dawn. Um, now this isn't, this first part, talking about the height, isn't actually how they were originally described. It's kind of come about through how the legend has spread. Because originally they were described as being about the size of a regular person. But um, one of the most popular depictions that you can see when you read articles and stuff like that is that they can actually supposedly be about 15 feet tall. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Which mm-hmm.
1: is crazy. Yeah. The until dawn ones I think probably would be something like ten feet, something like
0: that. Not yeah. quite that
1: tall, but yeah, they're they're very tall. They like just stand up straight.
0: So as, as the legend has passed on, they've kind of become this bigger than what they actually were. But um, through the Algonquin legend, they were actually just like the size of a regular person.
1: Um, or they're ice ponies with unicorns and fangs.
0: Yeah, you're my little pony. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with unicorns with horns. I'll bring that back up here in a minute because that that does play in a part of this. Um, they're also known to look extremely, like, emaciated. Emaciated? I don't know why yeah. i did say that word. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. they look starved, hungry, because, like I said, it was seen as kind of like a punishment. They can never be full, so they're constantly craving human flesh, and that shows in their appearance. Um, and the skin of a wendigo is usually described as being, like, tight against the bones. Yeah. Like, someone who might be starving. And sometimes having a decaying appearance. Which to play into, to add on to that a little bit, it's also said that sometimes when a wendigo is supposedly sighted, you can smell the scent of like death or decay, which is interesting to me because I don't really see how that plays into the whole cannibalism thing, but it's a common thing between, like, as far as people that have had experiences with what they believe was wendigos, it's something that has been. Stated multiple times is that they could smell death. Um, Like, you were talking about the eyes. They do have, like, sunken eyes. However, one interesting fact is that even though their eyes are sunken... I said fact. Fact is not the right word by
1: any means. Um, (laughs) Tidbits.
0: Yeah, tidbits. Even though their eyes are sunken, they're actually described as glowing. Most of the time... Yeah, from until dawn, yeah. They are, like, a very kind of, like, luminescent, like, color. So even though they're sunken back, they do glow... Um, their skin is usually described as being like an ashy gray color, which again, until dawn. Um, and they're commonly stated as having long claws, like at the place of their fingernails. Again, until dawn. Until dawn did a really, really great job with their Wendigos. (laughs) Um, another, another depiction of Wendigos is that they are also known to be the spirit of winter. Which I would say plays into the fact that the whole cannibalism thing we talked about, like, that was when food was scarce. Yeah. And that was when yeah, some winter. of this stuff was going on historically. So I'd say that's how the whole Spirit of Winter thing came about. But yeah. it is a depiction of the Windy
1: yeah. Yeah. Goose. We'll probably bring up Until Dawn a lot, just because that's, yeah. I think, like a very, as you said, it's a very good resource. It, it seems is. like the team did a lot, like the people did that did a lot of research and depicted. But I think in Until Dawn... Whenever they're around, like the character's breath, you can start mm-hmm. seeing like, it's like I don't think anybody reacts necessarily as like, oh god, it's cold, because granted, it's like a, in a wintry like mountain resort. Yeah. But yeah, like all of a sudden, like characters' breath becomes like a lot more visible and stuff like that to kind of uh, like illustrate,
0: you know. Yeah. Which um, is again, they did a really great job because it's usually stated that as far as the depiction of the spirit of winter thing goes, usually when a Windigo is around, the weather gets colder. Um, i don't know some people seem to think that they control that i think it's more like an environmental thing that just happens to happen while they're around if it does happen um another aspect of the whole spirit of winter is that they're said to be able to easily walk through thick snow like we're talking like foot of snow they can just glide across it like it's not even there um Whereas, you know, a normal person, if you're walking through a foot of snow, you're trudging. You ain't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're not, You're high-kneeing through that snow, you know what I mean? Um, the other spirit of winter thing that comes into play is they're known to have a heart of ice, mm-hmm. mm. uh, which is interesting because it's one of the reasons why they're supposedly super hard to kill is because you can't break through the ice to get at their heart. Um, that'll also come into play later. Uh, but yeah, so two different, two very different, or not very different, but two kind of different aspects of the Wendigo. You obviously, you have the the evil spirit that devours mankind, and then you have the spirit of winter. So it's kind of a toss-up as to which one you want to put your faith in, but um, that's that's how they're depicted. Got a little, you'll always get a little bit of
1: both, yeah. know, a little crossover.
0: Um, talked about how it was originally spread as a cautionary tale. Um. Powers. Let's get into abilities, shall we? Let's get into (laughs) the weird stuff. So um Wendigo's the the probably the most believable aspect of it is that they're known to have kind of a supernatural, like physical capability. They're faster than normal people, they're stronger than normal people. Uh, supernatural you see them jump through trees and stuff. And yeah, drag people
2: um, up into the trees yeah, and just rip until them. Until the dawn,
1: they're incredibly fast. Yeah, until dawn. You know, they, they move ridiculously fast and like they just toss people like and just ragdolls against and like, just like buildings. And just
2: like rip their jaws off and heads off and yep. stuff with the bare hands. Yeah,
0: which for me, if I, I I am a big believer in weird stuff. That is the most believable part for me. I mean it Some of this stuff that we're about to talk about gets a little weird. (laughs) Not gonna
1: lie. I'll I'll, I'll let you get through it, then I'll I'll talk a little bit more about the My Little Pony ones and their powers.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's just. We we can talk about My Little Pony before I get into the rest of the abilities, but yeah, the, the physical capabilities they have is probably the most believable part of this section of the notes because some of this gets real iffy. But please tell us about I was saying, my
1: little it, uh, <laughs> so just, in, in the episode, they're like it's like a winter themed episode. From where it's been years since I've seen it, but yeah, they can just like they they're depicted as like these special unicorns and this is you know can't believe this. But <laughs> in my little pony, only the unicorns can We're use We're not bronies. <laughs> well, not
0: that there's anything wrong with bronies.
1: Uh, I'm not a bro. The uh, but they uh, they can basically control magic and specifically they have powers over like ice magic and that's kind of like what they do they like control like ice and they can like create ice and like snow and shit like that
0: interesting yeah. so yeah so spirit of winter comes into play because like you said until dawn you could see your breath and stuff more noticeably my little pony they're and like they also have those winter powers so i think supernatural i don't think supernatural ever touched on the winter aspect no it didn't so um but getting back into abilities and weird powers that they have, um, one of the biggest ones that's thrown around that people say they have is, and I think this is actually a misinterpretation. I think they're attributing abilities that skinwalkers are usually known to have and kind of lumping that in with Wendigos, but they're said to be able to mimic human voices. Um, one common theme that seems to run through encounters with people that have experienced what they believe is Goes is, oh, I was out camping with my buddy Fred and woke up in the middle of the night heard Fred in the woods calling my name, calling for help. Um, However, as I was walking towards the trees, Fred crawled out of his tent and he was perfectly fine and he was right there. So that's one of the things is that they're kind of believed to use mimic human voices to lure people in. Which creed. is, to me, terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so that that is a thing. And until dawn
1: as well, that's one of the ways some of the characters can die. Is yep, yep. you're uh, you can chew, you'll hear like some characters' voices, and if you go down that path, the Wendigo gets you.
0: Yeah, I think I got that character killed one up late like, through. I think, it I
1: think it's. I think there might be two, but I know Ashley. That can happen to Ashley. That's so, what
2: caused Marco probably to flip out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, another ability they have is uh, they can control animals. I don't know where that came from. I think someone threw some vampire lore in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're they're said to be able to control animals in the woods. Um, there have been stories that where someone experienced uh, what they thought was a Wendigo. All of a sudden, there were a pack of wolves chasing them, or something like that. Uh, those stories, my opinion, I think they just saw wolves I, and thought oh it yeah. was a Wendigo. <laughs> I actually,
2: that's uh, there was. I've seen a couple other video games that. Have, picked wendigos mind you they're more of the more hollywood version yeah. of wendigos with the big giant deer skull looking things uh but like in one of those video games i had noticed that you could always tell when a wendigo was near because usually a wolf would attack you
0: so yeah so you have idea?
2: to waste ammo on the wolves and then the wendigo would usually come and surprise attack you. it'd be the scariest fucking thing <laughs> game so, yeah. is this? i forget the name of the game <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'll look that up but i would say probably it's you kind of touched on it a little bit with like probably a lot of that like if it's like these kind of random powers it probably comes from either like misinterpretations or mistranslations of like maybe native source material or like yeah what like people who interviewed them said or it could also just be plain disregard i imagine that's probably happened a ton like various you know it's like oh that's well, all native it's all native american yeah, so like yeah. all those like stories aren't hell even like Maybe there's, because I imagine, you know, like, Algonquin, you know, very long history, probably, like, with any mythology, there's probably lots of different creatures and deities and spirits, and some of the spirits have gotten mashed together, I wouldn't be surprised yet, there's specifically, like, an evil Algonquin spirit that controls animals, and someone was just kind of like, well, the Wendigo's cooler, but controlling animals is kind of cool, so how about just, I, I so, I can, I can
2: so see did you find out anything about why, uh, why the Wendigo transformed from the the until dawn looking things into the deer skull looking things?
0: I have no idea. Like, I just,
1: honestly it, have no clue where that the, came about. My theory on it is probably just visuals. That's I think that's always the biggest thing to keep in mind with movies and stuff is. They sometimes they want to keep it accurate, but accuracy depends on the person. Generally, they're just trying to create something interesting yeah. and yeah. The like I imagine for like a lot of directors and producers and stuff like that it's just the deer skull creates a much more striking visual. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think the other thing is we've seen that type of monster before. Cuz we're talking about specifically, you know, like modernized westernized film. Um and we've seen monsters like that before in movies and I think what they're doing is they're taking a culture that we're not too familiar with and reshaping things into a form that we're more suited to and have
1: experience I would say you, with. You as a you like kinda of speaking on that, you as, you know, Norse pagan can experience that with like, you know, a lot of yeah. Hollywood films, you know, not caring too much about being accurate with Viking culture, yeah. they just kind of put a lot of, you know, what people think of as Viking culture. So you can get a lot of that probably too with, you know, like You know, Wendigo is another Native American spirit that's not actually Native American, but it's certain aspects and ideas that people associate with it, whether accurately or not. And sometimes it might be accurately, but just different cultures, Mm -hmm. but it's what people think of. So it gets just tacked on because it's like, well, if we want people to think of it as Native American, we got to attach that thing on.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it's... I think a good metaphor would be for it would be like you're taking a, a cake recipe and you're doing the foundation of the cake right and then you're just throwing a bunch of wacky icing on top where you're like, oh yeah, I like the look of that better. Um, th- this is what my customers are used to. I'd say that's probably how the deer head came about. Um, it would be my best guess anyway. Um, the other big power that they supposedly have that's I have no idea where it came from, oh boy. is they're said to be able to possess anyone that makes eye contact with them. If you look a Wendigo in the eyes, they can possess you or control you, huh. um, which is, I actually read a story on Reddit, um, I love Reddit, <laughs> <laughs> I read a story on Reddit about how there was, actually a reached out to a person, I'm not going to say their name, I'm not going to read their story because I actually didn't, they never replied I didn't get the permission to read their story. Um, but they did tell a story and they talked to a friend after they experienced this and the friend was telling them it's a good thing you didn't make eye contact with it because then it could make you leave the trailer you were in. So, like, I I don't really know how that came about because in all my years of hearing about Wendigos and stuff, that was never anything I had known about. Literally never heard anything about possessing or controlling humans through eye contact until I started doing the research for this episode. And
2: in in that game I was talking about, there was also another aspect where you could run into cult members of the cult of the Wendigo, and these and like these people very much had a lot of the abilities that the Wendigo had, particularly like they were basically like super soldiers, and you know we're just. They would like run, and they would like run at you super fast, and like they would, when they hit you, they would take an insane amount of health, and like they would just tank, they were just tanking like shotgun bullets. So I think that I think that video game in particular is drawing upon a lot of these uh, more outlandish powers that have been attributed to the Wendigo.
0: Good, so, yeah, it's just new D and D class
1: uh, totem of the Wendigo.
0: You know what Bar- throw it in the barbarian. There's worse homebrews out there. There really are. There certainly are. <laughs> um, that leads me into our next part. So we've talked about the Wendigo as like a physical creature, uh, cryptid, whatever you want to call it. However, another depiction of the Wendigo that we haven't touched on basically at all, but is very important and it was like core Algonquin legend as far as I can tell um, the Wendigo is actually originally believed to be a spirit, not physical anything at all. Um, the spirit was said to possess those who were either greedy or weak in heart, or both. <laughs> um, hence, Double
1: trouble.
0: Yeah, hence where the uh, the original story of the hunter. Um, it's not really thought that he became a Wendigo after consuming his family. It's Said that the spirit of the Wendigo possessed him and made him do that. This will again come into play later. I have more stuff on this uh, particular note, but I'm waiting till the right moment. Um, but yeah, so that's just interesting. And uh, another source that that kind of comes from, or that you can see that in, is I don't know if you guys have read the the scary stories to tell in the dark, um, or seen the movie that they came out with a few years ago. But it's a it's an I anthology. Have heard of it. It's a, it's a collection of stories for, I think it's honestly marketed towards kids. I had, like, yeah, all of them when <laughs> I was a kid and read them through several, several times. There's a story in one of those books. I think it was, like, one of the first three. Um, and these two guys, in the story, these two guys are out camping. One of them hears the Wendigo calling his name on the wind, and he walks out of the tent and, like literally just disintegrates into the wind. So that's kind of interesting. That's not really a Wendigo lore thing. It's just lumped in an, another use of the Wendigo. <laughs>
2: um,
0: but the the spirit of the Wendigo brings me to a very real, at least historically real like something that happened we have knowledge of. I'm not going to say it's scientifically proven. It's not accepted, I guess would be the better word. But Wendigo psychosis Specifically, I was very excited to talk about this part, because this will play towards... I think I think you'll enjoy this, Hunter, someone who's a skeptic of the more paranormal side of things. Um, so, Indigo psychosis was actually a um, psychological illness that, specifically, the Algonquin people and the people that were settled around the area with the Algonquin people had a few cases of, And you can go back and find records of them being treated for this Wendigo psychosis. Um, The interesting thing to note is that this really isn't a thing that we see anymore. Like, it doesn't happen. So, uh, it was like a cultural thing specified to that area. It was kind of locked in that zone with that culture. Um, It was actually a two-stage illness with the first stage being a lot of mental distress and mental problems, and the second stage be leading to, of course, cannibalism. Uh, hence, probably why they picked that name for it. Uh, symptoms of the Wendigo psychosis started oftentimes with anorexia, so they had eating disorders, uh, which was usually followed by insomnia, fear, and paranoia. <laughs> After all these fun, exciting symptoms... In many cases, hallucinations began to develop. And then finally, the illness would manifest itself as cannibalistic urges, and sometimes the actual act of cannibalism. A quote that I found in one of the articles that wasn't actually stated as who said it, but a quote that was used that I found interesting and kind of morbidly funny was, I guess at some point a doctor somewhere or something had said, it'll make, it'll make his family members look like... Uh, beavers covered in fat (laughs) so that was an interesting point um there were many many treatments that were tried to cure this wendigo psychosis um some of them being pretty based in logic and then others not so much um one thing that was used was just a simple fix of the diet which actually i believe the people that they use that on generally came out of everything okay uh, so, a lack of vitamins or certain nutrients might have something to do with this windygo psychosis thing. Um, it was said that they would use, like, they would make stews out of, like, bear fat, or they would cook ducks and other uh, fowl that was around, and they would feed that to people, and that that would often cure the people that were fed with it. The uh, aspect of winter thing actually comes back up here, because another cure that was used was drinking boiling water and hot grease to, and I quote, melt the ice flowing through the veins of the victim. So that's that's another thing where that mm. whole spirit of winter thing comes in. I uh, guess they thought that since the Wendigo had that whole winter thing going on, <laughs> the victims had ice flowing through their veins, and they would make them drink boiling water to melt it away. I don't know. And grease. Yeah, and grease. I don't know about yeah. that one, Chief. Specifically hot grease. Mm. Um... I don't know about that. <laughs> there were a lot of spiritual exorcisms that were done by uh, shaman and medicine men. Um, that's to be expected. Yeah, that's, that's not really that out of the ballpark for yeah. common, you know, spiritually linked illnesses. I don't know why I air quoted. The, the future listeners can't see that air quote. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> we, guys can't. We, it's like we saw, we got we, it. Yeah. And then finally, when all else fell, they would resort to homicide <laughs> they would just straight up kill the person to keep well, them course. from turning into a <laughs> wendigo <laughs>
2: well you know it, it just do be like that what's the
0: secret
1: ingredient <laughs> murder <laughs> <laughs> like straight up
0: so yeah when, when nothing else worked they would just off these people um, so that's exciting which brings us into honestly our final points as far as the notes go, um, I want to talk about two kind of very popular cases of this Wendigo psychosis. Um, I'm going to flip it around how I have it in the notes. First, I'm going to talk about a man named Jack Fiddler. I love that name. We'll That's an amazing name. He was not on the roof. Um, Jack Fiddler actually belonged to the, I really don't want to say this the wrong way, Sucker Clan. <laughs> the Sucker <laughs> Tribe. It's just better. I'm assuming there's a different pronunciation than Sucker. Is, but that's how it's spelled S U C K E R. He was a member of the Sucker Tribe. He was a pretty well known shaman or medicine man, however you want to state it. Um, and basically, he would go around defeating Wendigos. And by this, I mean he would go around executing people mm-hmm. who had this Wendigo psychosis and none of the other treatments had worked um he was self-claimed to have defeated 14 wendigos in his lifetime however he (laughs) defeated one last wendigo at one point and actually ended up arrested for homicide Mm -hmm. believe it or not crazy you Mm. go around killing people and then they arrest you who would have thought he was arrested i don't have the exact date for him but he was arrested in 1906 however before the trial ever happened, he committed suicide. So Jack Fiddler went around offing windigos, and then offed himself to end it out with a bang.
1: So how did any? How did he go around defeating these windigos? You know,
2: Eddie, I really did he fiddle them. I
0: really don't. He fiddled them. I don't think he fiddled them. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, I wish I had seen anything about that in any of those articles, but none of them talked about exactly how he defeated these Wendigos, again, using air quotes, around defeated. <laughs> um, and then the other story, which I love, because I'm big into serial killers and stuff like that, uh, a lot of true crime stuff, I love that, mostly, I, I blame my mom, <laughs> she's into that kind of stuff, but it's, it's a, man named, as well. a man named Swift Runner, so Swift Runner was actually a Cree Indian, uh, he was, he actually worked as a guide for, um, because this was in Canada, so I guess the, um, I actually don't know what they were called at the time, but basically like Canadian, I guess, soldiers. Uh, he was a guide for them, and he was like a fur trapper, and um, he was pretty well known, pretty well liked for the most part, except his story kind of ended a little morbidly. So, Swift Runner... Uh, him and his family went up into the woods to their encampment for the winter. And one day, Swift Runner came to the fort, which was a fort. Was it? Yeah, Fort Saskatchewan in Alberta, Canada. One day, he was coming down to the fort, and um, the soldiers that ran into him realized, like, hey, uh, why isn't Like, where's your family? Why is your family not with you? And basically,. He said that they had starved to death. He said, oh, my family starved to death. I'm the only one left. However, the soldier noted that Mr. Swift Runner, while claiming his family had starved to death, death, looked pretty well fed himself. Um, So they actually followed him back to his encampment where they found the remains of his wife and his five children. Oof. Um, Oof. So, basically, I dug into this and found the background a little bit. I guess Swift Runner's eldest son had died. He had actually starved legitimately. Swift Runner didn't kill him. He had actually passed away. Um, And after that, Swift Runner began to kind of be tormented by the Wendigo, is what he said. He said the Wendigo was visiting him in his dreams and telling him to kill and eat his family. So... Uh, one day, I guess, the Wendigo won over, and Swift Runner did exactly that. Um, I remember, I don't have it in my notes, but I remember the youngest, his, like, toddler, was hung from the, like, hung from a tree or something, or I guess they had, like, a little cabin, so it was hung from the rafters in their little cabin um, before it was consumed. He, the middle son, I believe, was told to kill the other younger son, so he butchered him with an axe. And then Swift Runner killed him, ate, ate both of them, because that's what cannibals do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just a really, really sad story about this guy that fucked up, murdered and ate his entire family, but it's like the most well-known case of this Wendigo psychosis. Um, but anyway, Swift Runner did end up being arrested, and he was ex- executed at 4... Set- Fort Saskatchewan. I hope I'm saying that right. In yep. Alberta, yep. Canada, on the day of December twentieth, eighteen seventy nine. Okay, I'm say ironically, enough, there is a province also called Saskatchewan, I believe.
2: Yeah, and uh, not too far from Alberta. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, and that that's the two like most popular known cases of like this Windigo psychosis. You have one man who go around defeating them, <laughs> and then Swift Runner who became a victim to it. Uh, so we needed John Fiddler to defeat Swift Runner. But yeah, I. Battle of the Century. Right? Right? Now I need to see it in a movie. Um, Actually, another thing I would like to talk on about Swift Runner, it was noted in some of the articles um, that he... Supposedly there were some statements from him about the things he had been going through. I don't know if these statements are true. Um, It was from... What was my source? Murderpedia.org. I believe is what I found this on. Because <laughs> um, I want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, but yeah, there were some statements about, like I said, he said the um, he said the Windio was coming into his dreams, tormenting him at night. He said he was having hallucinations. He was, um, interestingly enough, he said he could hear it outside. So it kind of plays into that scary stories to tell in the dark. I could hear it on the wind type thing. Uh, See, so yeah, Swift Runner was having a lot of a lot of mental things going on that yeah. I think led up to this, but really, really sad story. Five kids, yep. I yeah, six victims all together. Yep. But um, yeah, that's basically all the all the notes I have to talk about Windigo's. Um Like I said, introductory episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do kind of want to do just a quick wrap up. With you guys Can I uh, kind of discuss some
2: things That maybe you found interesting Or want to further well, talk about I definitely found the When you go psychosis thing To be interesting Because you know can- Cannibalism is A lot more prevalent in nature Than you might Then you might uh, Like Initially be led to believe And you know it just, It's like triggered by a Very natural kind of like Instincts you know Usually in Very Bad circumstances you know Like uh, For example Like you know, hedgehogs, when they are under threat, if they have, like, babies, and they're under threat, they will, like, eat the babies for the idea of, like, you know, they don't want that energy and nutrients to go to waste. And it just would make sense, you know, us humans are not above animal instincts, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: not entirely. And it just makes sense that under very harsh conditions, you know, like extreme hunger or a lack of, like, certain... Nu- nutrients or vitamins or an imbalance that in the body or just like being exposed to the cold it can make sense that there would be natural triggers especially among like certain populations with certain uh genetic uh that right genetic combination or recessive genes you know that that could happen that could happen that there would be sort of that like that trigger to those heart disease conditions to like resort to cannibalism. Mm-hmm.
1: I think I don't know if it's an old wives' tale or whatever, but I think it's sharks cannibalize their siblings in the womb.
0: Interesting.
1: Also, that sometimes happens with two. that happens with the yeah, twin yeah. twins too. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes a, a twin eats the other twin. Fuck it. What? Oh so, god, I can't remember. There's it's called fetal absorption. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't remember. There's a show or a movie. No. Oh, is I think it's The Office. Maybe it's The Office. Op- is it The Office? I want to say it's The Office, and Dwight was like a twin and he says that, like, he ate his twin in the womb because he's the stronger one. <laughs> that, like, makes... <laughs> I think it's The Office. I haven't seen much of The Office, but there's, like, a show or a movie where one character talks about that. He's like, he's like I had a twin in the womb, but I ate him. That makes me the stronger one.
0: It's it's a legitimate thing.
1: Yeah, so, but I would say, if you... Uh, it is interesting. I, and I will say, I think it's a... Like, if you want kind of, like, the more, I guess, skeptical way, you could talk about what probably influenced the Wendigo psychosis, too, arguably, is the idea of, like, I guess, you know, like, cultural, you know, like, cultural beliefs, kind of, like, gearing towards that, you know, like, uh, with, a Swift Runner, probably, you know, because, uh, his, you said his oldest son did actually starve, mm-hmm. so, like, ob- obviously, at the time, food wasn't, you know, very great for all of you, you could probably yeah. assume, so he probably was very malnourished and starving, and then going through the grief of, you know, losing his oldest son and the struggle and trying the fear of trying to provide for is like mm. children and his wife and such and that probably kind of you know you could argue kind of say like broke him in a way mentally kind of like you know he was already very vulnerable mentally and emotionally and the sort of like cultural ideas he probably, probably kind of like swept in you know so to speak and i think that's I wonder, it just makes me wonder if there's studies about that, that if, like, certain cultural beliefs can influence the sort of, I guess, just kind of, like, way people react and how, like, if, like, you know, just, like, the ailments they come under, that's how it works. And I guess the other wrap-up thing I was going to say is it's interesting, uh, kind of like you talked about with uh, how it's in all al- the, when it goes, it come from an Algonquin tale. There's probably so many others, and I think it's interesting how, like, the stories of different peoples, whether, like, Native American tribes or others, reflect that society's beliefs, right? Like, the mm-hmm. Wendigos are about, you know, kind of like, you could argue it's about an- isolation and, like, being, not, like, being part of the family and, like, such, like, at mm-hmm. how that, like, Hunter didn't want to be with the rest of the tribe. He tried to live on the outside with the rest of his family and how okay. it's, like, a cautionary tale of, you know, rejecting the, the yeah. tribe and so like that could reflect you know the idea of like e- closeness and ties and yeah. the tribe and all that stuff
2: i got i got one i got one last note and it's just kind of like a funny thought to think i would have liked the supernatural episode where some time travel shenanigans got involved and jack and sam and dean uh, winchester encounter uh, jack fiddler and he's like one of the og hunters <laughs> going around <laughs> hunting wendigos the, the
0: wendigo
1: master uh, they, they did do they do have, like... Isn't it, like, Samuel Colt? Yeah, they were the like yeah. Samuel Colt. Yeah.
2: Just, and, of course, just upon hearing that his name is Jack Fiddler, it can already imagine what what the look on Dean's face would be and what you could probably imagine when he's going to crack.
0: Fiddler? I barely know her. <laughs> Um Another thing I didn't... I uh, forgot to include it in my notes, but I, I think it's kind of interesting. Kind of morbid at the same time. But, actually, the reason that Swift runner was found guilty of cannibalism and why he was tried for is because they were I think the article had said it was only twenty miles away from the fort which the fort had plenty of food so that's why ultimately it was decided that he didn't eat them out of starvation he ate them out of just pure cannibalism so it was kind of a Granted, 20 miles on foot in the woods in the winter, kind of a long way to go.
2: Yeah, that's asking a bit much.
0: But I kind of see where they're coming from. But yeah, I forgot to bring that up, just the fact that that's why he was actually tried and executed for it. By the way, death by hanging. That's how he was executed, if I didn't mention that before. <laughs> but yeah, that that's why he was actually found guilty of it is because they argued that since he was that close to a food source, he wasn't truly starving, even though his son had actually starved to death. So, you know. Um, yeah, that's basically all, all I have for Wendy Goes. Um, some little side stuff. I mean, obviously, some things of importance that need to be mentioned. Wendigo's do have, like I said earlier, similarities to other things such as a more, a newer phenomenon, a newer thing that's being spread around now is crawlers, which kind of supposedly look like Wendigo's. And then the other one that obviously is probably the biggest one is skinwalkers. The important, the, the one thing I really wanted to note about that was that they are two very different things. Um... As we've talked about, Wendigo's come from Algonquin lore and are most, mostly in that in the northeastern region, you know, Canada, the Great Lakes region, whereas skimwalkers are more southwest United States and um Arizona, New yeah, Mexico. Yeah, Arizona, New Mexico, stuff like that. And they actually come from Navajo. I would say they're Navajo. I believe it's Navajo, yeah. Um yeah, they come from Navajo legend and they're Honestly, two completely different things. Probably do a Skimwalker episode. I don't know if that'll be the next episode, but one will probably be done at some point. Um, and I feel like there's probably a lot more to go on about Skimwalkers than there is when goes. But yeah. Um, that's, do you guys have anything else to add before we kind of close it out? I don't think so. I just said uh, I had my closing points.
2: Uh, I'm, I'm good. I've cracked I, all my jokes.
1: Play uh, Play Until Dawn.
0: Yeah, definitely yes. play Until Dawn. Watch yes. My Little Pony. Yeah, I was about to go watch the yes. My Little Pony episode. Watch, watch Supernatural. The Look,
2: there, there are two routes you can go. Google, after, Google. Can, There's two routes you can go when you're researching when it goes. You can either make a shitty podcast like us, or, or you can make yeah. a video game that makes millions.
0: It's true. true. Very, video game. very true. I was
1: going to say, Google, use uh, the vague info we got from Jake to try and Google that one game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I kind of want to know what it is now, but yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I'll go. I'll go search through YouTube. I know what YouTuber played. I'll I'll look through it and see what see what game it was. It,
1: I know it's not bad, but it makes me think. What is the 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 winter survival game?
0: It's, uh, Long Dark.
1: Yeah, the Long Dark.
0: There are no Wendigos in the Long. Yeah, days. I say it was
1: like, say <laughs> but imagine if there were.
0: It, I don't want to. That game's hard enough <laughs> as it is.
1: They only appear in, like nightmare difficulty.
0: I I had to. DLC. I had to play that game with a little crybaby difficulty. I know play it. Yeah, that, uh, that pretty much wraps it up for this episode. Uh, we'll just go around and say our names one last time. I'm Cortland Mitchell, the host of the Malevolent Few podcast.
1: I'm Hunter Burden. I uh, co-host and a uh, guy who just kind of like is here to talk.
2: And I'm Jake Steed. I'm just here to make snarky remarks and give a uh, very
0: long-winded opinions. Ooh, one more thing. Actually, before we... Before <laughs> oh, we already did the outro. Well, yeah, it, it'll on, be man. okay. They'll be fine. The, the, our imaginary listeners that we don't have yet don't care. <laughs> uh, I do want to bring this. Scale of one to ten. How believable do you think Wendy goes are, Hunter? Uh, I don't know. Like a... Like a three. Jake, how about you? Scale of one to ten, man. Um, Two or three. But ten being... I don't know. A dog and one being... Nest
2: monster. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Wendigo's, I, I I'd give it a two. A two? A two. Oh. I mean, I mean, it it depends on whether you're talking about actual true, t- down to the letter Wendigo's, But like, if you're talking about people Windigo psychosis, then obviously, I'll I'll give that like a, I'll well, give that go like eight that, or nine.
0: That was. I would put that at ten. Jack yeah. Swift, yeah. obviously murdered his. Fe- or Jack Swift was it? Swift Runner. So Jack 100. Fiddler, Swift Runner, yeah, Swift Runner definitely murdered his family, 100%. Historically back. <laughs> yeah, this uh, is true. This, there is no uh, debate about that happening. You know what? Me, I like to believe in things. I'm gonna give a Wendy go I'm gonna give a Windigo a five. It's it's getting a five for me, just because there's a lot of stuff where I'm like, mm, I don't know, fam. Uh-huh. But it's with probably that, just all
1: the all the random powers that I've got. Yeah.
0: Yeah, honestly, like, Wendigo, true to the lore, probably a little higher. Probably give it a 6 or a 7. However, the Wendigo that is the most known that we know now, yeah, probably like a 4 or a 5. But with that, we're going to sign off. This has been the Malevolent Few Podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, Have a good time. Have a good night, everybody. Adios.